With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome, everybody, to the year wrap-up edition of Chicks with Dig, brought to you by Boxing Asylum. It is not just going to be me speaking to you today. Joining me, Joe Kennedy. Thank you, thank you, Joe, for coming on with me and and, and not making it just uh, me rambling for half an hour. That that's got to uh, uh, improve the uh, the uh, the listen for everybody. So I do appreciate you coming on with us. Um, and we're going to be talking about fight of the year, fighter of the year, et cetera, et cetera. And Mr. Kennedy was actually at uh, the amazing fight between Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. Uh, we'll go right out of the gate. Uh, that That's fight of the year. I looked far and wide, Joe, couldn't find anything to beat it. And you were there live. And and if, if atmosphere plays into how somebody sees that at all, I mean, it, it, it's a runaway above and beyond anything because I, I can't recall a fight that – that sounded that way on TV, uh, looking back at, to anything, maybe when Wilder floored Fury in their first fight, maybe. Yeah, cheers, Matty. Thanks very much for having me on. It's uh, it's good to join you. Glad that you're not in your Tobler again, like Billy now, mate. So uh, more than happy to jump on and, and chat box with you anytime. Um, yeah, it was it was an amazing night. I'll start off by quick caveating that there was a lot of beer drank that night. Uh, we had started pretty early in Jimmy's Corner. I had some Irish friends in town specifically for the fight. Um, and town was just kind of a buzz for the fight. You know, there's a lot of Irish in. It kind of a feeling of Conor McGregor weekend about it, except the people who were getting ready for the show were a lot nicer than your average Conor McGregor fan. A lot of families, a lot of women involved in the fight. One of my aforementioned friends was a girl who was following Katie her home career, her whole career. And like, like Rob has mentioned a couple of times in the pod, you know, she's a a walking saint in Ireland, you know, she really is. She's venerated throughout society and, and watching her win uh, Olympic gold was kind of like a shared collective experience that the country enjoyed. 
Uh, I remember where I was when I watched that. You know, I, I guarantee any of the other Irish person would, would be able to tell you where they were as well. It was, it was an amazing moment. And if you think about, you know, her whole arc, you know, beginning with, you know, she's, you know, a, a professional, or she wasn't a professional soccer player, but she represented Ireland as a soccer player, an incredible athlete who had to really fight her way, not just for her own recognition, but for the sports recognition. She, you know, boxed in front of an Olympic panel to try and get, you know, the sport of boxing, or women's boxing in the Olympics itself. And, you know, that whole journey, which culminated then her getting gold was amazing. And then, you know, as a result, she has this incredible following and this, you know, um, fanhood that she could tap into and that Eddie Hearn tapped into. And it, it led to that, you know, uh, big fight in April with Amanda Serrano, who I'd also seen live actually as well previously uh, against Holly Holm. I think they fought in the Devin Haney undercard. And I knew that the Puerto Ricans would come out as well. And it was, it was literally 50-50 down the middle in the arena between uh, Puerto Ricans uh, and Irish fans. And that just it made for a tinderbox of an atmosphere. And it felt like, you know, every punch that was thrown was, was thrown with one half of the fans and absorbed by the other half of the fans. And it kind of <laughs> ebbed and flowed with every punch that was thrown. And, you know, I remember, you know, having my head in my hands and looking through my cracks my fingers as she was poked around the ring in the fifth round and you know just being at all with her her and Serrano trading blows in the final round as well it was even though we had had a full day of drinking and, and all the rest it was it was a, a really clarifying moment at the end of the whistle to see those two girls still going at it and yeah like you said the atmosphere was just incredible it was the best fight I've ever been at and I've been to you know a handful of fights at the garden some really amazing ones but Never one with that kind of atmosphere, uh, and yeah, it was it was it was amazing part of the year for me. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic, and and on the year end lists that are popping up uh, now, I mean, if it really if it wasn't for for Lee Wood and that punch in the twelfth round, this would have been the uh, the fight of the year across both uh, uh, both sides of the sport. Uh, it's it's Agreed, it's, un, yeah. it's undeniable. Uh, how amazing this was. And and for me, I think as much as we appreciate this now, the fact that these two women rose to the occasion, gave one hell of a show in what was a competitive, well-matched fight, um, and it delivered more than anybody could have expected. But I, I don't think that we're going to know uh, exactly how much this sport impacted women's boxing on the whole for at least 15 to 20 years. Cause I mean, you're talking about, you know, 10, 12 year old girls younger than that, even who are now going to be getting into the sport, going the amateur route, becoming pros in the next 10 years or so. So uh, until we see the, uh, how competitive this sport will become uh, in the, in the coming decades, uh, we we're not going to know what this this meant. Uh, are you on the side that this was really a historical win- moment for for women's boxing? Yeah, and it felt like that at the, at the time as well. Um, you know, everyone kind of left the left the venue, kind of feeling like they'd seen something special. Um, one of those kind of fights, where you're not even sure like a rematch would really recreate it. You know, maybe it would in Croke Park, like like Eddie tries to mention it, but you know. Even before the fight, when the girls touched gloves in the middle of the ring, you know, Serrano was like wild eyed, like she's taking, you know, two different lines of coke at the same time. And she's like, <laughs> this is amazing, you know, and, and Katie's like trying to ignore her, trying to stay focused. And it's just like, you know, the enormity of that moment was just palpable and, and too much for Serrano to take. And yet she still went out and, and fought the way she did. I think 
there was definitely that historicness around the event, even though it was also, you know, Eddie Hearn and Jay Paul who were kind of promoted and saying this it was it was true. It, it did feel momentous and you know, it was I think you're right. I think uh, in hindsight in 15, 20 years time, I think they'll look back at this as a as a kind of watershed moment of professional women's boxing. Well, they had good ebbs and flows, and uh, I, I was it the fourth round or the fifth round when uh, Serrano threw almost as many punches as there were seconds in the round, if not even <laughs> exceeding it. Uh, I mean, I think she kind of did her burned her motor up a little bit there, but I mean, Taylor tough hanging in there, just getting beaten around the ring. Uh, that that was one of the I, I think one of the most impressive offensive displays that I have ever seen inside of a, a women's boxing ring in a round. Uh, what what uh, Serrano was able to pull off, it was absolutely incredible. Yeah, it was it was amazing, and it, you know, it kind of felt like it was coming a little bit. Katie started off really well, fast hands, accurate shots, throwing her one two, getting out, throwing her lead right, getting out. Hooking, hooking and spinning off uh, Serrano's, uh, you know, come forward attempts. And it was, it was a little bit, I'm saying easy for her, but you can kind of see Serrano was a little bit out of the round until the last moments of the round. And then the second and third, she had more pockets of success. And then the fourth, she really did have some pockets of success. And I thought that was kind of the first round where you could say Amanda probably won that round. But the fifth round is, I think, the one you mentioned where she really, she caught katie on the ropes kind of early and you could just see her kind of just got uh, serrano just going through the gears and she was throwing vicious shots and katie was trying to respond she wasn't trying to duck and get out she was trying to meet fire with fire and she got hurt in the process and you know looking back on that fight last night for the first time i remember you know kind of watching it through gritted fingers the first time and maybe i didn't realize how hurt she was but you know she could have easily been stopped in that round i think you know, a, a, a wider-livered um, referee might have might have stopped it. Um, and certainly, if I was the referee, I probably would have given her a standing aid at least. You know, she was really in trouble and she didn't seem to have much of it to better. But at the same time, she did seem to, you know, also be, be firing back in, in some pockets. And that was just, it's a measure of, of, of Katie's heart, you know, being able to do that after, like I said, She's achieved pretty much everything in, 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 in her boxing career yet. You know, it was in these make or break moments that really, you know, define you and she showed what she was made of in being able to stay on her feet and kind of do what she needed to do to stay in the fight then. And I think she, she, she was still trying to find her feet in the next round, the sixth, but the way she finished the fight says it all about her really as well. She finished it so strongly and, um, she's just an amazing, amazing fighter with has that intangible, that, you know, not, I don't, I don't know what percentage of people have it, but that will to win and in a bit like, you know, giving up and dropping to her knees, just antithesis to every, every being in her, in her body, you know, and she's just like incredible, incredible person who, you know, kind of showed what she was made of that night. She, she's got that thing about her that, that I always thought that um, Tim Bradley and Andre Ward had, had where they, whatever the intangible is, it makes them more than the sum of their parts. Yeah. And she, she's a tremendous athlete. Amanda Serrano, also a tremendous athlete. For me, I thought that round where Amanda whaled away. Um, I agreed with the one judge who scored that round a 10, eight. I, I thought it was definitely uh, a 10, eight round. So for me, if I recall, um, 
that that tenth round would have decided it on my scorecard, and I end up going Serrano. I had her by a point, and and I I, I love Amanda. I, I I admit some bias that direction, um, but but did you think that that uh, you know watching it there, watching it now on replay, that that fight was really decided by a point or two? Yeah, I, I think so. I I had six four to Taylor, and I, I think you could probably write that down to five four, which like you say with the ten eight round and and, and the fifth, which I wouldn't uh, disagree with at all. I'd be, you know, my bias would obviously lie with Katie. I've seen her, seen her in that fight. I've seen her previously as well. I think um, she had a lot, or was the co-main for Rocky Fielding, Camilo Alvarez at MSG. And uh, she, she boxed Ava Walsh. I mean, she, you know, just boxed picture perfect, you know, didn't, didn't put a glove on all night. And, um, so yeah, my, my bias is definitely with Katie. So I wouldn't agree. I wouldn't disagree to, with the Serrano card either. If it was a point, a point either way, I think it's probably fair. Uh, definitely a really close fight and you couldn't you know it was a split decision obviously which kind of reflects that well you know and i i thought that uh if amanda had shown a little bit more restraint in in the middle rounds there thrown a, a little less uh had a little less punch output that uh she would have been in a better position to win the fight because she had to to take some rounds off to come back after that because she emptied the tank um in the middle there um like i said yeah. I, I i don't i can't recall around where a, a female fighter threw that many punches, let alone that many punches that like weren't arm punches. You know, uh, Amanda Serrano is one of those fighters in the women's side of the sport that throws real punches. You know, she, she, they're, they're not arm punches. She turns her body into them. Um, her, her knockout record is no joke. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of scrubs in women's boxing. Let's not kid ourselves, but, uh, Amanda Serrano is one of the few punchers in the sport. And uh, just just taking a little sidetrack here, you know, we saw her against uh, Sarah Mahfoud uh, a couple of months ago, back down at 126 pounds. Um, what's your hunch? That that fight took a little bit out of Amanda or that she's uh, struggling a bit to make 126 now? can't say I caught that one, but the previous Amanda Serrano fight I saw, was that 126 or was that 130? When she boxed Holly Holm, um, and she didn't, I think that went the distance, but uh, I think Holly's pretty nifty boxer, so maybe not. Didn't she pop for something after that fight too, Holly? She could have. She could have. She could have been one of those uh, recipients of, of um, PEDs through sexual activity as well. We don't want to, you know, completely trash her name. Um, we'll, we'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Um, but I don't know. Maybe she did. I'm not 100 sure. Um, but I think that um, yeah, that that I, I at 135, you're right. She just plants her feet and wailed at, at Katie when she was in the corner, and she definitely carries a natural kind of power that that you don't see like at all really in the women's in the women's game. Um, so I 100 percent agree with you. I think um, I think that. Probably the probably draining herself to featherweight doesn't 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 help her at all. Probably, I'm not sure. I didn't see that fight, so I can't really specify in that fight whether or not the the style didn't match her or or, or whatnot. But she's definitely got power at the elite level for for women's boxing. Yeah, Amanda's always had a good motor late, and that uh, that Mahfoud fight she didn't uh, after like six rounds, and she put six rounds in the bank. I thought really, um, so I mean it was you know, uh, all mathematic after that. But uh, yeah, she just didn't do much down the stretch. Uh, she was getting caught by an inferior fighter. And, you know, looking ahead, I I, I think 
at least if they want to make money, they're going to want to be trying to go for that uh, rematch, uh, barring uh, something weird happening like uh, uh, Serrano losing to Cruz in the uh, in the unification fight at 126 or uh, Taylor getting picked off. Someone in here said, uh, Dr. FMG said Katie might have her hands full with Obanoff. Oh, God, that's a joke about the chick that uh, 19 times in the head. Anyhow, anyhow, so let's go away from that. I think Katie fought her, actually, didn't she already? You might, I think you're right. I think that might be why we know her originally. <laughs> still still reeling from that victory. Might have some of the CTE caused her to She's go off the rails. The <laughs> so, uh, but, so barring anything, you know, I think we're going to see that fight again. But uh, I'll tell you, even as a Serrano fan, uh, Joe, I, I tend to believe that I got to favor Taylor on points going into it because it seemed later on in the fight uh, that that basically Taylor was able to find her her way working where she was just cutting an angle away from Amanda's right hand, uh, working her way around the ring. And, and Amanda's going to have to find a little bit of a change in footwork, a little bit of a change in tactics on on maybe fainting some punches. Otherwise, I, I get the hunch that if she doesn't find a new wrinkle going into the rematch, I, I think it could be a wide Taylor decision um, a second time around, especially if you end up having it in Ireland with the, with the fans behind her. Yeah, I, I think the fans, if it is in Ireland, which... You know, there's a couple of political and legal loopholes that have to be, um, legal hoops that have to be jumped through in order for that to happen. Um, it's not, it's a pretty complicated situation there for having boxing at the moment, I believe. So, professional boxing at that size without, you know, um, security scrutiny, let's say, uh, it'll be tough. But if, if that does happen, yeah, I think that she would definitely hold the edge. Um, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate a little bit, you know, and say that I, I probably think that of the two fighters, Katie's more on the slide than Serrano, and any gap between the first fight and the second fight will be more um, impactful on, on, on Katie than it will be Amanda. Uh, Amanda, yeah, probably will have to show more wrinkles in her game or else try and replicate what she did in the fourth and try and cut off the ring really well and, and, and not let Katie kind of escape and have her, you know, her check hook and slide exits and stuff like that that she likes to use. Um, you know, I think they're both probably late in their careers to be adding wrinkles to their game. You know, certainly even Katie boxes very similarly to how she used to box as an amateur. She's very um, head focused, very uh, much a one-two perfection artist, a little bit like um, doesn't throw much by way of a hook unless it's a hook and an exit. Um, she likes to lead, lead with her right hand, but that's pretty much it. She doesn't go to the body. She doesn't throw a lead uppercut. She doesn't throw much variation in shots. And so she just kind of perfected what she's good at. And I'd say if they fight a second time, you probably won't see any wrinkles. It'll be more honing of both fighters' best abilities. And yeah, like you say, I think maybe Katie has her number or maybe um, maybe the slide will be will be too much for Katie, and, and, and Amanda will come out on top in the second fight. I don't know. I think it'll be, I think it'd be a bit closer, and you might have it. You know, if I'm right, and cutting 126 is hurting Amanda a little bit, and that that's why she's having a bit of a had a little bit of motor issues. <clears throat> if she comes out away, uh, you know, from Erica Cruz, I, and I think she will. I, I think even uh, Amanda with her C game is going to beat Erica Cruz, but. Um, 
if she can, if, if she, if that's the thing and, and she still has good motor and everything at 135, if she can put herself at around 60 to 70 punches around and, and, and not go buck wild like she did um, in, in the middle rounds there, where I, I, I think in a span of about three rounds, I think she, she threw close to 300 punches, you know, um, and, and you got to remember, I mean, 20 minutes, 20 minute fight. If she's throwing, you know, 600 punches, that's the equivalent of a 12 round men's championship fight of someone throwing a thousand. So you gotta, you gotta look at it that way. But I think if she can go in there with kind of a number in mind in, 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 in makes up throwing some single punches with the combinations so that, you know, so that, you know, maybe Katie thinks at times that she's getting away from a shot and there's another one coming just little things like that. She could have a chance, but I, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see if it's age or if it's weight or uh, anything else. But as a segue going into another great fight this year, Joe, I think what we kind of learned in, in this sport is um, regardless of uh, punching power and, and differentials in this sport, um, women's boxing might be even purer than the men's side because it seems like it, it does come down to piling up points a whole lot more um, uh, then on the men's side of the bracket. And then, then that's fine. Like I said, it's, it's, uh, definitely pure, uh, to the form, I guess. And it could be 20 minute rounds or 20 minute fights, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but again, you had a fight, uh, between, uh, the quote Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall, where Marshall is, uh, definitely the puncher in the, uh, in the fight, uh, that ended up going the distance. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Top level fights in general, uh, they, they tend to go to the cards more often than not, but it does seem, um, taking from these two fights that the power difference doesn't weigh as heavily in women's fights at the top level, even if the gulf is rather large. Yeah, I, th- I thought there was the gulf between the Gwout and, and, and Marshall was, was really quite large. I thought it was a kind of a classic case of, you know, British bias kind of making that a closer fight than it really was. I couldn't believe that the bookies had it close as well. I, I jumped on on, on Grove by decision, um, and on Grove in general, I thought it was just good, good, really good odds. And yeah, I thought I didn't think Savannah was was really in the fight. Now you probably, I think you had a draw, Matty. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I, I re I rewatched it and came yeah. away ninety six ninety four. There was one round in there. I thought I like I. I I basically thought that that Shields won the first four rounds, bar none, and then it, you kind of got away the amount of effort that she was given the rest of the way. I, I thought there was a good argument in a lot of those rounds that Marshall just outworked her. Yeah. I, I thought Shields' work is a lot cleaner as well. I, I just don't find Marshall's boxing style very attractive. I think it looks, she looks awkward. She looks weird the way she holds her lead hand. I don't know. I'm just not... I, it just it, it seemed to me like there was a, a golf in class between those two fighters and um you know i think the other fight in Card featured probably the other two fighters at the top of the women's boxing game in michaela mayer and alicia baumgartner for me the top five women in, in the sport are in in those three fights that we just mentioned uh taylor serrano um shields and then um mayor baumgartner but um, I, I think they, you know, they all had an amazing achievement or uh, amazing, um, you know, input into into a great year for women's boxing. But I think that the gulf between Mayer and Baumgarten was a lot closer than it was 
Um, and I think that's pretty much a 50-50, you know, fight even if it happens again tomorrow. Whereas I think if Marshall Shields happens again tomorrow, again tomorrow, the bookies aren't going to have that a 50-50 fight again. You know, and I don't, and I think that might be of a bit of a mistake, uh, Joe. Because go back, and I, I think you'll remember that early in the rounds, Marshall was trying to throw Shields off with head movement, and and then when she started to try to throw her off with with foot movement instead, that's when Marshall started to find success. I, I think just a huge tactical error at the beginning of the fight and the way that they thought that they were going to work their way in on, on, on uh, Clarissa Shields. I, I just think it was a, a failed tactic. And, and when she started to get away, it, to get away from that and, and using her feet more to find position, that's when I thought that she was able to find her, her footing in the fight. Um, you know, not to be punny. Mm. Yeah. Let's go back and watch it. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, decent, and it was a decent. It was a decent enough fight. I, I thought that it, it definitely <coughs> um, was uh, was entertaining. I mean, it and uh, there was a really uh, solid round in there. I don't know if you recall. I think if I had to pick a round out of there, I believe it was the seventh round. Yeah, and uh, and Marshall was having a really really solid round and 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 had Shields up against the ropes and and Shields cranked off. I think it was a, with a, with a left hook and, and she caught Marshall real clean and Marshall backed right off. And uh, I was really disappointed in the announce crew for not catching that because it was it was because she didn't really chase Marshall down either. It was almost like that moment when Polly Malinaji stunned Juan Diaz and Polly was as shocked as everybody else in the crowd, <laughs> you know, was, yeah. And uh, just uh, didn't capitalize on it. But, but I thought that she worked her way back uh, in that round with that one single shot there. And if anybody oddly enough was visibly hurt in that fight, it was Marshall off of that shot from Shields. Yeah. I mean, Shields is a, she's not a massive puncher uh, as her record shows, but um, what a lot of these amateur good amateur uh, fighters also have is just great accuracy in their shots. And, you know, it doesn't matter, um, you know, how, how strong you are, how weak you are. I guess if you catch someone at the right time coming in and you're not expecting it on the chin, it's going to, it's going to hurt you e- either way. And, and, and it sounds like they're going to be working towards a rematch with them. And, and I'd like to see that because I, I do, um, I, I do definitely, uh, rate, uh, uh, Marshall, because going back, uh, God, now it's going to kill me. I, uh, I just watched it the, uh, the other day, but, uh, she had her, uh, great knockout victory over Femke Hermans. And then, uh, Hermans just beat the snot out of, uh, uh, God, what's her name? It, it's killing me. Help me out, Joe. It just happened last week. I am, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not used to it. Um, I, I, I... I'll, I'll get if it real not, quick. If it's not, if it's not Ebbs, the, the Muhammad Ali of women's boxing, I, I didn't see it. Either. Hoping the guys would have came in there. We got the guys. We'll, we'll hit them up uh, here in a second. Uh, the guys t- uh, in here listening to us talk about the gals. But no, I'll I'll find that because um, yeah, I just I know it's Femke Hermans that uh, that did it. So, uh, but that was but she uh, yeah she she just came in and bossed this fight. Uh, it was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, let's see here. Bear with me. God, yeah, always, a profe- always, a pro- yeah, no worries here. For some <laughs> reason, I thought that you might've, might've caught that one. Let's see here. Mary Spencer. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, everything. That was on the other night, right? She's a Canadian. I think she was heavily fancy for that fight as well, wasn't she? 
Yeah, yeah, she was, and I'm really upset at myself for not pitching a uh, a couple of bucks onto that one too, because I I was thinking about that, and I in that uh, it was one of my oddly enough, like I, I'm the one hosting the show, and I I missed ridiculous amounts of women's fights in the prediction league this year, you know, ho hum <laughs> on me, because but I actually picked Hermans to go the distance with Marshall because I was I I uh, you know just looked at a record a bit, and then I went back and watched a few of her fights against better quality opponents. I'm like, this is a durable durable gal with a real punch and uh yeah she just came in and, and gave a whooping on uh, mary spencer there uh the first and it's a shame you didn't catch that uh, fight joe get a chance the first four rounds were pretty freaking entertaining all in all and then it basically she had just kind of uh, broken spencer's spirit at that point in time but it was a uh but definitely uh a, a solid and inter- entertaining first four rounds in that fight throwing in there but um, you know, also, as you uh, mentioned uh, on that card with Shields and Marshall, another good fight this year, uh, not an all action fight, but a good ebb and flow fight, a good skill fight um, where Alicia Baumgartner came in and boxed a bit, uh, you know, fooling Michaela Mayer earlier in, early in the fight uh, and, and went to the cards with Baumgartner pulling off the decision. Could have gone either way on that one. Uh, and, and I think uh, any, any for the boxing purists out there and just people that, that enjoy uh, fighters, uh, you know, operating on a, on a high level, that was a heck of a good fight, Joe. Yeah, and I think um, big shout out to one of my favorite fighters, Tony Harrison, who, who uh, works in Alicia's corner. I think we saw a little bit of his influence in, that, in the way she approached that fight. She's a, she's a, she's a real kind of Detroit Motor City fighter. There's something about her that's really kind of um, really interesting for me. And she's definitely one, one of my female, favorite, favorite female fighters, uh, probably second after Katie Taylor, really. Um, but yeah, she's, she showed a bit of versatility in that fight because she doesn't really rely on her power. That She also had a plan B. Um, I actually thought Michaela probably nicked it. Um, I had money on Michaela, so that tends to be where my bias would lie at the time. But um, I think Baron Gardner, I was a big fan after the, the Terry Harper knockout, which I thought was spectacular. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of hers. And I think she, she she's, uh, I, I really want to see that fight run back. You know, I think we are talking, or Steve was talking on the pod the other day about rematches that leave you a little bit or, Fights leave you a little bit unfulfilled, and you want to see the rematch to determine, you know, who's the better woman. Uh, and this is definitely one of those. I, I think there's definitely uh, open questions between these two. I know Bam Garner got it on a night, but I think it's uh, it was a good enough fight that they should run it back. Yeah, I I also uh, had uh, had Michaela in a little action too, and uh, the, I. I, I, again, I, I hate saying, it. I thought that one, definitely you could call that one a draw too. Um, I, I, I think that one was definitely down the middle. I think that and, and Taylor Serrano both had uh, good shouts of, of being a draw. Um, I, they're very evenly matched fights. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I, it'll be interesting to see how it might go uh, another time around. Cause like you said, Tony Harrison, he has his off nights and I got so pissed off at him when he, when he just was, doing nothing against uh bryant perala um mm. but but you know he 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 is uh, you know like that dark horse in boxing who on any given night could beat one of the top fighters and it's because he has the right boxing brain um so i'll be curious to see um what what he might do with that with that one he's at they've had a chance to see mayor now and 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 i think that bomb gardner is uh you know, she's, she's still, um, still learning a little bit more. I think the one advantage that she might have is there can be a lot more molding, uh, done with her. Whereas I think Michaela kind of is what she is at this point in time. 
Yeah, that's a great point. I think if you were to, you know, choose one fighter as a mold and, and add to it, you'd definitely pick Baumgartner because she has that power that you can't really add to a fighter. You know, it's she's got, you know, whatever Savannah Marshall probably has as well in terms of power that, you know, no amount of weights or, or, or um, sparring is going to really create. So, um yeah, I think if if, I, if if they were to have it again and run it back, I'm not sure where my money would go. I probably, probably would go on the draw, actually. <laughs> and that, that's probably smart money. But <clears throat> Mayer, yeah, she's a very she, amateur style as well. Kind of fights the same way that she... I, I can't say I saw her as an amateur fighter now, but like, she kind of has that upright style. Um, Enter the head as well, doesn't do a lot of body shots. But I think she's actually kind of developed that actually in her program. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know who I'd fancy in that if they if they run the rematch back, and that's probably one reason why they should do it. You know, in that fight, the um, it, I you know, Mayor was a fairly not a heavy favorite, but I I think you know you're having to lay three to get one on her, um, in that fight, and I, I bet you it'll be very close to even money for if if they are able to get a rematch going in that one. Yeah, you'd have to think so. Yeah. You know, and and for me, again, touching on a card that you're able to attend this year, I, I for me, the feel-good story in, in women's boxing and on just the sidelines of it, um, would, even though she only had the one fight in this year, man, for me, it's got to be Fran Sean Cruz Desern, who is now, you know, the undisputed uh, super uh, middleweight champion of the world uh, after she lost her debut fight against Clarissa Shields. Now she picks off those belts from uh, Aline Sidiros. And uh, it's just got to make you feel good. I like, she's just a, she's a freaking cool character. And I mean, you were there to watch that fight. I mean, she goes in there and she fucking throws. Was that on the undercard of the Taylor fight? Yeah. I'm not sure I was actually in the, in the venue. For You're it, shitting me. <laughs> Pretty sure we were, we were in Jimmy's corner drinking two other beers. Um, I got in for the, uh, the Liam Smith, Jesse Vargas fight. That was on there too. Yeah, I think that was the common name. Um, <laughs> but Cruz is certainly I am familiar with, um, mostly because of that disaster she had with her with her hair uh-huh. in the undercard for I think it was uh, a Danny Jacobs main event maybe. Um, and she showed a bit of grit in that fight actually to kind of pull through and and, and, and get what she needed to get done to to come away with the belt and, and not her weave, but. Um, <clears throat> I just think that you know, uh, I, this might be a little bit of uh, a detour, but forgive me. I, I'll, I'll try and make it pretty brief. But I think in certain levels of the women's game, outside of you know, one twenty six to one forty seven, maybe one fifty four. I'd include there. Actually, I would include one fifty four there. Um, I think that there's probably a, 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 a lack of competition and a lack of depth that, you know, Cruz's Zern probably doesn't have to fight, you know, anywhere near the same kind of level of caliber or comp- competition that, you know, maybe Katie Taylor would have had to fight uh, at 135 just because, you know, the vast majority of women fall within the height and size ranges of someone out between 126 to 147 and, you know, someone up at, at, at Franchon Cruz's weight at 168. So I think, you know, look at her, look at Ebony Bridges, who's able to like pick up the sport in just a few years and with the right bit of backing, you know, is a, is a world champion defending multiple times. You know, I think both of those cases kind of speak maybe less to exceptional fighters, but maybe to good committed fighters 
with maybe not so much competition you have to pick off in order to achieve these uh, these things. Yeah, and I, I don't know if what she, I think Franchon had a bit of an amateur background because I think one of the reasons she ended up fighting uh, Shields uh, in Shields' debut fight is they knew each other from local gyms and shit like that. So I think she might have a little bit more depth um, of, uh, of experience, uh, than, than, uh, most are aware of actually. And, and funny enough, her husband, I can't remember his first name, but, uh, he, he, uh, is a, uh, either a super bantamweight or a featherweight fighter, as I recall. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I, I, I love the Ann Wolf story, you know, and this is obviously completely off, off top subject, but, you know, I, I heard somewhere that Ann Wolf was in like the waiting room of uh, Eeyore or like a, police station and saw like boxing on the tv and thought i i could do that you know and and went to become you know not just a professional fighter but also trainer with 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 kirkland and stuff like that as well i remember there was a recent netflix documentary about another female fighter who had her husband who was her trainer who christy martin christy martin that was it yeah that's a good fucked up story really fucked up story really crazy um what a chin you know i think she got shot and got up and rang rang the ambulance herself which is uh diddy and white uh, up at eight kind of stuff you know so um yeah i, I love those kind of stories and, and and they're there in women's boxing as well you know and i don't mean to kind of detract from it by saying that you know the, the level of competition is weak at either end of the sport but i think it you know it it kind of just plainly is as well when you look at even just the box track numbers of the amount of fighters in such divisions, you know, you look at fighters like Sinesi Estrada, you know, she just doesn't have anybody near her caliber to fight, you know, where is she going to have to go? What weight is she going to have to go up to in order to get a fight? And that's a shame because she is a very talented fighter. Yeah. And uh, very nice looking young lady as well. Absolutely. And she, I think she'd have to be in my top 10, uh, women's pound for pound. I, I don't think I've ever taken the time to really write that down, but but she, I do believe that she'd have to be in my top ten pound for pound for sure. Um, and, it, and it's a shame. You're right. It's first. It's a little bit light around there, um, and um, she already has a couple of W's around the fighters that 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 if you could think that they give her a hard, she'd get given a hard time. It'd be by them. Um, uh, like Marlon Esparza, she already has a victory over Marlon Esparza. Um, so mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. But again, there's a lot of uh, talent coming up. I mean, speaking of, um, you know, as far as prospect coming up, uh, you know, I I, I got to kind of lean for my prospect of the year and people, you know, think, ah, oh, but it's definitely Sky Nicholson at this point in time. Uh, I know she doesn't have the power, but she's such a, a tidy boxer. And as we've discussed earlier, the, the power gap isn't, what really seems to decide women's fights. And I, I don't know, would you be shocked to see, I mean, cause they're both Australian. They might try to make money from, do you, would you be shocked to see them find a way to get her in with, with Ebony Bridges this next year, or maybe in the, the uh, first half of 2024 ish. I, I just feel like it, there's too much money to be made as far as women's boxing goes on that fight to not pursue it in some way. I think that's probably one that you might revisit at a later stage. I think probably um, unless you're trying to build Sky, um, who's probably the better fighter of the two, just going off the eye test, you'd probably say that maybe she's trying to build her career. That would be a good fight for her to take. And, you know, I, I think um, I think they could probably just go different paths at the moment and, and, and kind of have that fight later on down the line, either be it when 
Sky has her own world title and, and Ebbs still has hers. Or like I mentioned, if Ebbs is, you know, maybe picked off down the line by, by a good fighter, then maybe it'd be a, a step up fight for, for Sky down the line. That's the way I kind of see it. I don't... Well, you know, I think Sky debuted at 122, but I... Uh... She's up at 126 now, right? Yeah, I'm getting a feeling that they are preparing for for uh, Serrano to beat Cruz and then for the belts to fracture. I, I think that might be the hunch as far as how are they going to pick up these belts um, at this point in time. Yeah. Um, so, and I could see that definitely because she, like I said, she debuted at 122, and I, I don't see why she wouldn't have been able to make 118. It seems a lot easier for the women to jump up and down, wait a little bit without having the the health impacts that the guys seem to have if they if they do the same thing. Um, <laughs> be careful there. I don't know. Hey, uh, I don't know. What to, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I, I'm just going off of the numbers, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I hate when people are offended by the statistics. What, what Sky's tall though, isn't she? Like she seems she to is. be taller than than Abs. Abs like is. She's built like a little rugby player, a little scrum half, um, kind of short and stocky. Whereas Sky seems to be a bit taller and rangier. I, I, yeah, I think they probably have to meet at 126 if they did fight. Yeah, most most likely. But I'll tell you what fight I do think you end up seeing Bridges in this year is the uh, uh, a rematch with Shannon Courtney. And I actually I favor hard, period. I, I favor Bridges in that rematch. I do. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, yeah, Courtney. Um, I don't know. She, she seems to be one who um, is you know, very much about the talking about how committed she is and stuff like that. But then um, it's probably not not all that committed behind the scenes and, you know, all fart and no shit kind of thing. You know, uh, she just seems to be that kind of person and puts in those kind of performances as well. Like, I agree. You know, you look at her career arc versus Ebbs, she's kind of on the slide. And Ebbs is, is on the come up and getting better, but it looks good. Um, yeah, I mean, she beat the snot out of O'Connell. I mean, she she really yeah. took it to that chick really bad. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the greatest technical fight, as 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 Steve mentioned. It was. It looked a bit like um, two girls at a you know the day after Thanksgiving trying to get their 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 five hundred dollar TVs for ninety percent off or something like that. But it was uh, which what, what's that day again? Uh, Black Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like Black Friday kind of fight, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't if I'd say drunken two two drunken ladies. I'll give them more credit than that. But um, yeah, it's just been messy. Um, but yeah, entertaining fight all the same. And I think Ebbs, nearly Ebbs, all of Ebbs fights kind of fall into that category of being wildly mildly entertaining without being you know uh, hugely proficient from a technical manner. But um, yeah, I, I I'm kind of interested in both their careers. I guess Sky is now. She's been really, really, really closely directed in her career by Eddie Hearn. If um, he's if taking a very hands-on approach, it would seem, sir. Yeah, very much so. Not at the end of his finger, more like at the end of. Now we leave that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, who knows? Maybe the, what. He, he, it's it's open up for for Sky and Eddie here at the moment, so I don't know. Uh, let's see what let's see what happens there. But I think yeah, she she'd be up there with my prospects as well. Um, from an Irish contingent, I would say that I was hoping that Kelly Harrington might 
um, announce a, a pro career after winning gold at Tokyo in, in, in the summer of 2021. Um, she hasn't done that. Uh, she hasn't actually given any kind of indication that she's considering even uh, a, a professional contract at the moment. So it looks like she's going to be happy enough to stay amateur. So that's a little bit disappointing because she would have been one that you'd wonder. She's 32, I think. So she would need to be fast tracked and you'd wonder how well she would do uh, in the pros of her style. But, um, it's yeah, it's, it's, she's, she's not really a prospect to watch, but I, I don't really have much in terms of prospects other than Caroline Dubois, who I think someone mentioned in the chat as well. She looks like a pretty good fighter. She can put her shots together pretty well. And look, if her, if her personality is dynamic and charismatic as, uh, as her brother Daniel, then who knows what, what, what's in store for her. You know, the, uh, I, I can't, I think it might have been ESPN had Lauren Price, I believe. And I don't know that I agree with that from what I've seen. Is she related to Hopi Price? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I've seen her. She was on a, and I might be getting the name wrong now. I was just thinking out of, out of there when I was thinking of prospects. Um, I saw her on a card a couple of months ago. Um, I, I think she came out of the Olympics uh, for England, I think. Um, but uh, I, I, some, some of the fighters, I, you know, I mean. Ramla Ali would be one other that I'd say that I've seen who I thought was looked pretty good as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. It, it it seems like one it's it's very similar to the men's game like there there can be a lot of talent and skill from the amateur side but it doesn't always transfer over to a 10 you know or 12 round fight for the men's side right it's and and that's where you kind of got to make that judgment and some of these people coming out of the the amateurs you know they look pretty hot in the way that they're going about things and stuff like that and but again it's it's a lot of just kind of one two simple stuff and when they get into somebody who can who could you know put them in a corner and stay in their chest for uh, you know a period of time in the round they they find themselves completely out of sorts because it is so uncommon uh, for people to fight that way in the amateurs especially on the women's side of the rinks yeah uh, that's interesting like because i i did always feel that you know for instance someone on the men's side who I followed from his amateur days would have been Michael Conlon. And like you said, I, I, I always thought that if he had come across someone like Mauricio Lara early on in his career, it would have been a disaster because of his style. Like he just comes forward and there's like nothing that you would see in an amateur ring, you know, basically wouldn't score points in an amateur fight. And so um, is his complete opposite of what Conlon would have been used to and probably would have been able to deal with. And I wonder just if, back to you know the level of competition in the women's game whether or not there is those kind of surprise packages surprise mexicans who can kind of you know do betty hearn a la you know marisa lara or um giovanni strathon or, or whoever you know I, I don't know whether there are those hidden gems and, and kind of uh, mexican unknown girls who come over and, and, and beat, beat up on matching prospects i hope there is but um i don't know if there is You know, I think it's, it would probably take a pretty good fighter to beat Ramla Ali from what I've seen. What what weight class is she fighting in at? I think she's super bad for one twenty two. Okay, so you you know maybe we'll end up seeing her against Sky down the road. That's a decent fight then. 
You know, I mean, they're uh, hanging around there. I mean, because again, you know, Serrano jumped up from 126 to 135, even though she'd messed around there before to make that fight with Taylor. And I mean, if if the you know there's less of uh, known fighters, you're kind of gonna have to you know make those four pound kind of moves here and there, five pound moves to make these fights happen um, if they make money. But you know, it, it not next year, but it seems like there's some developments here, Joe. I, I think when we're looking yeah. at it, it I, I believe that the next few years in women's boxing uh, are going to be on an upward arc. I mean, maybe we're not going to see a fight of the, <laughs> the quality of Taylor Serrano, even if they have a rematch. Maybe, maybe we're not going to see that again, but that that's hard to top. But I think the general quality of fights, the, the you're going to see more decent fights uh, uh, coming up now. And uh I'm optimistic for it. I, I, I think I think we're definitely on on an upward swing with women's boxing, and, and it's it's much better from here. And I wouldn't be surprised if we're you know a year from now we're saying a few names that we didn't even talk about at all during this uh, this show uh, that just uh, come out of nowhere or prove to be uh, you know far more than we thought they looked like on paper. Yeah, I think that if we have you know another year in any way as good as we had this year in terms of women's boxing, it would be fantastic and it'd be a great way to keep the momentum up for the sport because, you know, I'll just go back to, you know, those six fighters who fought in the probably three biggest fights of the year for women's boxing, Taylor Serrano, Shields Marshall, and uh, Ben Gardner Mayer. And, you know, not just the six of the best fighters in the world fighting, you know, which you don't get in the men's side, you know, if you're looking at how often Crawford and Nui fight, Whereas you get those six fighters actually fighting against each other, which is just fantastic. And it's, you know, there's no real comparable in the in, in the men's side of things, unfortunately, at the moment, just due to the way the promotional splits are. And, you know, Eddie Hearn, for better or worse, has kind of taken it upon himself to pioneer, would you say, or lead the charge for, for, for promoting women's boxing. Um, certainly over here, you know, Al Heyman doesn't deal any of it. Um, ESPN does a little bit, but not to the same extent that, that Eddie Hearn does. And whether that, you know, the cynic might say that's because the women's fights are cheaper to put on. Um, but to be fair to him, the result has been that, uh, like I said, probably the five best fighters in the world just fought each other uh, this year. So if the same thing could happen next year and the year after and the year after, then it, it'll put it'll put women's boxing in great stead. Uh, and, you know, you might see a, a case where, you know, like in America, where you have American football purists who love college football more than NFL because they said that's a proper way, you know, that they play without, you know, money ruining it and it's pure tactics and, and it's kind of pure sport compared to the, to the NFL. Maybe you get to a stage where, you know, the big and best, best fights of the year are put on, on, on women's fights. And, you know, that's kind of seen as, you know, the way men's boxing should be uh, and not kind of your way around, not women's boxing trying to catch up to men's boxing, but men's boxing trying to catch up to women's boxing in, in terms of putting on the, the really good fights instead of just having one-sided mismatches uh, week in, week out, which unfortunately is, is, is too prevalent in the, the men's sport. Absolutely. You know, and, and we, you know, even sometimes when there 
failed a little to deliver. I mean, at least they're matching him up. We also saw Chantel Cameron take on Jessica McCaskill in November, and uh, that fight got better down the stretch. I, I can't explain what the hell McCaskill looked like the first five, six rounds of that fight. That was one of the odder things I've seen this year. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Cameron against Katie Taylor, that's a that's a fight that I I'd be I'd be interested to see. And and honestly, you know, I mean, there might be weights between them, but we've seen people bounce up and down. I mean, any combination of this group of fighters between Taylor, Serrano, Baumgartner, Mayor, Katie Taylor, and Chantel Cameron um, at those weights. I mean, really, you have a half dozen fighters right there uh, that, that you might be able to make fights with. And, and I think uh, uh, we, we could see any combination of those uh, in, the, in the next year or so. And, and that's, that's exciting to see because those are some, there's some interesting stylistic matchups to be made in there. And, uh, you know, and say in some fantasy world, they, they all fought each other over some period of time. I don't think any of them escapes uh, without a lo- uh, would escape without a loss in that scenario. Um, that's just my feeling. Oh, I'd agree. Um, I think the Bam Gardner uh, Mayor fight happened at one thirty. So yeah, you're only talking five pounds, and look, I think both girls look like they could easily um, move up to to lightweight and not look out of size or out of place against Taylor or Serrano in, in that fight. And yeah, I think you know if I was Mayor, in particular, having not got the rematch by the looks before the Baumgartner fight, um, I'd be looking for that Katie Taylor fight as well, because I think that, like I said, Taylor's probably on the slide, definitely on the slide, and I think that she could be there for the taking um, on the right kind of night with the right kind of opponent. Um, it, the Chantal Cameron fight would be a really, really entertaining fight for her. Uh, for the neutral and for the Cameron fans, I think that it would be a bad fight for Taylor. Uh, but I think it would probably happen have, have to happen at 135. I wouldn't see Taylor moving up for that. I'd see her dragging Cameron down. I don't know whether that is feasible or not. I think she's been at 140 for quite a while, right? Um, but I think that that would be a, a dangerous fight for Taylor. I, I think every fight now, here on out, unless it's against some no mark like her last fight, would be a dangerous fight for Taylor, just the kind of position where she is in her in her career, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I think she might have another two years uh, in the ring, and uh, I think she'll hold up pretty well, but th- there's some decent competition, and if she wants to make some bucks, she's going to be taking on uh, you know either uh, Serrano again or one of those fighters. Uh, I, I, I think the Chantel Cameron fight, I, I think that makes some good bucks over there. I really do. Yeah. I think she needs to really, like, you know, she needs to learn, because her legs aren't going to be what they always were, right? and she's going to learn how how to stand in the pocket and fight better than she than she did against Amanda in the fourth and fifth rounds. She's gonna have to learn how to fight in the inside. Maybe learn how to fire off an upper quarter two in the inside as well. Learn how to work the body, which she doesn't do. You know, I think that if she's gonna just keep on relying on her on her one two and her two ones and her flurry uh, flurry of hands and combinations when she does kind of engage and, and, and relying on her feet to get out. And she's not. I just. I can see. Her, I can see time catching up her pretty quickly, uh, and that's why I'm kind of. You know, she's been with Ross Animate for for her whole pro career, uh, without kind of developing any of those things like that I mentioned. So, I don't know. I I, I, I hope that we do see her for another couple of years, but in a, you know, I'd like to see her kind of develop a little bit as, as an older fighter. Uh, and not just see her kind of power slowly deplete and then get picked off by a younger, fresher fighter. 
you know, and I, I, I could see Mayer outboxing her for some yeah, reason. Same. Uh, that's that's just a hunch that I have, uh, but it's uh, I'll tell you I'm, I'm like I said I'm optimistic on on women's boxing uh, going forward. I think there's a lot of good stuff happening, um, and uh, it was just a solid uh, solid year for the sport as far as things go. And and Joe, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, and joining me uh, this uh, this uh, this evening from your office there. I appreciate you taking the time, and uh, I'd, I'd also like to take the time to thank some people in the chat here. Uh, Thomas Newman's been given some good thoughts on it. He seems like he really knows the sport. Uh, we also have Deench in there. Uh, we got our buddy Ames, uh, Dr. FMG bouncing around in there. Jim McDonald boxing was in here earlier. Ben Thompson. He said, loving the show guys. We appreciate that, Ben. Uh, let's see here. Well, we also had, uh, let's see here. Girls 69.xyz drop in here and uh, offered us uh, some free uh, girls to chat in our city. So good for us, Joe. We got that uh, going for us, which I I think is good. Uh, Danny Young popped in to say hi. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, uh, JJ4. God, that's a lot of J's going on there. Uh, uh, Simon Hill said, a bit late for us, Maddie. Well, for you, but hopefully you catch the replay on that one. Um, I'd like to thank all you guys for stopping in here and everybody that catches us for the regular show. Um, I'm trying to talk Steven and maybe doing something between now and the, uh, the before our first regular podcast year. We'll see if that happens. Again, Joe, we appreciate you for joining us. And we'll be starting a new prediction league coming up this year. So if you want to be a part of that, uh, why don't you hop on in if you're not already a member of our Patreon and you could do that. We'll throw you in the Nutters group and you'll be able to also toss your picks in for that as well and join us. And uh, you can see me lose another uh, league uh, just, uh, you know, through messaging (laughs) this time. Uh, But uh, again, Joe, thank you for that and all else that you do for the asylum. We appreciate you and everybody in the chat, all the Patreons. Um, Great year in women's boxing. We'll see you guys in 2023. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Happy holidays. Cheers, Maddie. Sports Social Podcast Network.